Happy Wednesday, everyone. Your host, Josh, here with Unbothered. I know yesterday I said I wouldn't do a podcast till Friday. Didn't keep that one because turns out there is just a lot to talk about, a lot of focus in on the NBA. I didn't think LeBron was going to break the scoring record yesterday. I was wrong. I'm going to start with that. Then I'm going to talk about the top scores in NBA history. Then I'm going to talk about the Lakers as a whole, even though great night for the NBA last night for LeBron James. Things didn't look well for other team members, specifically Russell Westbrook and Darvin Ham. I, I will also talk about Kyrie's uh, first press conference. I'm going to talk about Kevin Durant. And then I'll move into the NFL, talk about Aaron Rodgers, Sean Payton, Saints. And look at that little... Little Joe Montana, Tom Brady story. So there's a lot to get into, a lot to discuss. Let's get started with LeBron James breaking the all-time scoring record. First off, congratulations to LeBron James, a record that you know many people thought were never going to be broken. It is a tremendous accomplishment for LeBron James. Just the a great storied career that he's had being in the league for 20 years. Consistent model of success uh, in greatness to reach 38,390 points. Uh, to be the now record holder for all-time regular season points. It is a tremendous accomplishment. The greatest individual accomplishment in the history of the NBA. And LeBron has done it. So congratulations to LeBron James watching. Uh, the game last night was great. On my podcast yesterday, I said that I didn't think he was going to break this record. Last night, I thought it was going to wait till Thursday against Kareem's former team, more of a powerhouse game against the Bucks. But then my mind changed when I saw uh, three things. Uh, one, how much celebrities were going to be there. Uh, Jay-Z and uh, LeBron's family, uh, his wife, his mom, the kids, the friends from Akron, uh, high school teammates, all that. Uh, I was like, oh, wow, he might put on a show tonight. Then I saw the pregame all-black outfit. I thought, uh-oh. And then he came out with the headband on, and headband Bron just different since most of his career was played with the headband. I knew something was going to be up last night, and he scored – 30, what, 8 points, 30, the 36 points to break, uh, 36 points to break the record in three quarters. Uh, just sensational uh, on, I'll say, one and a half ankles because the one has been bothering him lately. So LeBron James was great. Uh, this is probably, to me, the greatest individual uh, moment. I mean, the authentic uh, speech as well near the end of the third quarter where they sort of paused the game, had the highlight tape out. I mean, it was great to watch, great to watch live. Uh, Bill O'Brien was going to do it. Just the atmosphere it seemed there at Crypto.com Arena was terrific. I mean, just a great night again. Congratulations. Huge shout-out to LeBron James for being the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, I mean, 
That is great milestone, and it's not even over yet. He has 38,390 points. Definitely, he's definitely going to reach 40,000 points. Uh, I don't know about this year, but he'll play next year. He'll get 40,000 plus. He'll probably be in the 41-42. And when it's all said and done, who knows? He could be at 45,000, and that would really put him out of reach, uh, considering the closest active player to him right now is Kevin Durant who sits at 26,000 points, and he's about seven years younger than LeBron. He'd have to play seven more seasons, but he'd have to play almost close to all 82 games because in the past few years he'd missed, he's missed a lot of time in seasons with, you know, MCL uh, tweaks and, you know, knee issues. So this is a record I honestly do not see anyone breaking Ever again, I mean, again, congratulations to LeBron James. So now you get into the conversation. Is he the greatest scorer of all time? Uh, you have so many people in the media saying, no, some people don't even mention LeBron in the greatest score, even though he just uh, broke this record. Uh I just don't think people want to acknowledge LeBron's greatness. A lot of these old people that talk about the media are really stuck in the the old way they're old NBA, uh, which is fine with me. But J.J. Redick, uh, former NBA player, he had a great take on LeBron James uh, yesterday on his podcast, uh, if you want to give it a listen. But, you know, his resume, LeBron's, stacked up against other great scores. Um, look at Kareem. Uh, if you want to analyze Kareem to LeBron, Kareem was the all-time leading scorer until last night, had the most unstoppable shot in NBA history. Uh, the skyhook, I mean, Kareem was great. But LeBron's scoring was just different because he now has passed Kareem for the all-time leading score. And Kareem also doesn't rank in the top 20 in playoff scoring average. Uh, Jane LeBron averages, you know, five points more than Kareem in, uh, you know, 40-point games, uh, finals games. So even though LeBron doesn't have the unstoppable shot, uh, he's a far more well-rounded scorer than Kareem ever was because Kareem had the skyhook. The layup, the dunk, and that was it. Where LeBron can take it to the rack and is the greatest driver of a basketball ever. He has mid-range game. He's got the three-point. He can shoot every shot there is efficiently. Uh, so LeBron's better than Kareem in that aspect. Let's talk about Michael Jordan. Probably the closest comp for scoring for LeBron James. Uh, Michael Jordan had... Ten scoring titles to LeBron's one scoring title. Michael Jordan averaged 30.1 points per game, which was the most all-time. He averaged 33.5 points per game in the postseason. Again, most all-time there. So you have that, uh, you know, but when we talked about, we're talking about scoring and 
Michael Jordan put up prolific numbers, but LeBron, again, had more tricks, I think, than anyone else uh, in NBA history. Uh, the unguardable step-back jumper, that was on display last night. When that is on, again, it is unguardable. The three-point shooting, uh, which was revolutionized by Steph Curry, they take the three. LeBron James, you know, added that to his repertoire. Uh, MJ could definitely drive a basketball, but he couldn't do it to be efficiently to the degree of LeBron James. LeBron was better efficiently as well. And the one thing I want to point out uh, as well is something I pointed out yesterday in, you know, uh, Michael Jordan averaging 30 points per game. Some would say he would average 45 points per game in today's NBA. I disagree with that. I believe he'd still average around 30, but everybody's averaging around 30. I believe if LeBron truly went out day one to be the best scorer, he could have been, uh, you know, averaged the most points per game of all time, considering he averages around like 27, uh, you know, point one points per game in his career. Uh, if he wanted to get three more points per game, he easily could have gotten that, but you look at what he's able to do assisting and what he brings to the other aspects of the floor, being the floor general that he is. Uh, again, you have that there. So the closest comp again is Michael Jordan. But again, there's no way to prove that uh, because, you know, Michael Jordan wanted to have 40 to 45 because he's not playing in today's NBA. And I think another thing is, Michael Jordan took a year and a half off to play baseball. That has to hurt his case somehow that he took that time off to do something else where if he would have played that year and a half, uh, things could have very looked differently where we might not have this conversation, at least not yet. Took the three years off after winning his last championship with the Bulls. So a lot of things that Michael Jordan controlled that he could have done differently uh, to really have changed the nature of this argument. Some people say Will Chamberlain is a great scorer. Yes, he has the 100-point game, which is the single-game record, which to me is astonishing. I think that's probably the second greatest individual achievement behind the all-time leading score. Is probably the most points in a single game. So 100 points is just ridiculous. Most 60-plus uh, point games in NBA history with 62. Average 50 points per game in a single season. Uh... That is also ridiculously great. Uh, I mean, just a great score. But guess what? As great as a regular season score as he was, he was not dominant during the playoffs. Uh, he really shrunk to Bill Russell. Uh, you know, playoff pressure, greatest score there. LeBron, game sevens. Uh, has such a high mark for scoring, for delivering uh, signature moments, big shots, and Will Chamberlain just doesn't have that. Some people say Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer of all time. He has the highest career points per game in Game Sevens, thirty-six. Uh, he's you know got such an efficient shot, being seven foot tall, but to me he's not quite there yet because 
He's younger than Kevin, or he's younger than LeBron James. LeBron, you know, has those clutch moments. They're about the same efficiency wise. Uh, KD's a little better from the three. But, you know, LeBron James, you know, especially in clutch time, it's more efficient than Kevin Durant. Uh, field goal percentage in the final one minute, go ahead, game tie. LeBron, 48%. Kevin Durant, 26%. Three-point three shooting, 44% for LeBron, 19% for KD. This also goes to show his clutch factor as well. And then, let's say, the late, great Kobe Bryant. Uh, he had a bunch of 50-point games, won scoring titles, uh, runner-ups as well. Uh, but again, games on the line. LeBron was always more clutch. He had more ways to beat you as well. So I'd have to give it to LeBron yet again. So right now, after mentioning all of that, LeBron is the greatest scorer of all time. Uh, with that record, it indicates it. Yes, longevity and durability have to play a part in that. And LeBron has done his part again every year, playing great, a model of consistency. We don't have a year where we can mention, look at how bad LeBron played that year. I mean, he's just not that guy anymore. He has been consistently great, averaging 30 points per game this season, doing it a second year in a row at age 38 in year 20 is truly phenomenal. So now, uh, to me, you have, is LeBron the GOAT? Now, to me, it's, it's very interesting uh, because, you know, you look at the stats and it's very, it's very close uh, stat-wise. So I think the only competition is LeBron and Michael Jordan, uh, you know, points per game. As I outlined, Jordan averaged three more points than LeBron. Rebounds, that goes to LeBron. Assist goes to LeBron. LeBron is one of the best passers in basketball. Not only does he lead the league in all-time points, but he is fourth in assists. That is big. Jordan, I think, was a touch better defensively. Uh, was a steals champ zero. LeBron uh, never had that. So Jordan... Uh, I think has just a slight edge defensively. Uh, and then you have the blocks as well, uh, which are the same. LeBron, a few more turnovers, uh, but the field goal percentage is a tick in favor of LeBron. Same with three-point percentage shooting, and then the free throws go to um, Michael Jordan. So the stats are close. The efficiency rating, Le Michael Jordan is the most efficient player in NBA history, uh, he's number one. Who's number two? It's LeBron James. Uh, value over replacement. Vorp, the you know analytics nowadays that has given Nikola Jokic his two MVPs. LeBron is the most valuable in that aspect. 145 to Michael Jordan's 116. Plus minus, Jordan's slight edge in that. Win shares, LeBron is second in that. A true shooting, LeBron 58 to Jordan's 57. Usage, Michael Jordan had a little higher usage rate 
in the playoffs. All those stats that I shared with you, uh, about the same, maybe a little better for each person. So, again, it's going to be uh, about the same there. Uh, so you have all those stats in which we're very, very close with. Uh, but to me, the other uh, big one is probably championships in which Jordan has two more MVPs, one more finals MVPs, uh, two more. LeBron has seven more All-NBAs, Jordan three more All-Defense, All-Stars LeBron 19 to Jordan 14, scoring titles again Jordan 10 to LeBron 1. So I look at the stats, and it is almost dead even on, you know, every metric. I think, you know, looking at the stats, looking at the, especially the player efficiency rating, uh, the scoring titles, and I think the defensive aspect to Jordan's and the Jordan championships, just the two more. I think if you were to get one more, uh, I'd probably put LeBron there, but this is a razor thin edge. So I think with my mind, the metrics, you know, you can analyze the numbers however I just presented them to you. You can say, you know, I think LeBron's a GOAT. I think Jordan is a GOAT by a small margin just because of the championships. That's my that's my mind talking. But in my heart, I like to say LeGOAT, LeBron's a GOAT because even though I watched The Last Dance, I never saw Jordan play. After seeing LeBron play for so long, uh, being great for so long, I can't take that away from him. So, you know, to me, this isn't a big argument. Uh, to me, Michael Jordan's one, LeBron's two. LeBron still has gas left in the tank. He can still have more great moments. To add to this case, two maybe Pat Jordan in my book. But to me, either Michael Jordan's one or LeBron's two. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not talking to anybody who doesn't feel like Michael Jordan and LeBron are one and two. If I hear or see a list that LeBron is seven or Michael Jordan is three, you don't know basketball. You don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, it's better to just not even engage in a type of person like that to try to talk some sense into them. You can't talk sense into the senseless. It is quite impossible. So, you know, I can have a healthy conversation with, you know, a, Jordan, a LeBron fan about Jordan and LeBron. And if, you know, they present stuff to me and I say, hey, I agree, I'm not going to fight. Anybody who says LeBron's a GOAT. I'm not because LeBron teeters that way for me. It's like a 51-49. I'm not going to debate anyone that says Jordan's a GOAT, LeBron. But if they come at me with Kareem's a GOAT or Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain to back off, don't know basketball. It's best not to engage a Jordan or LeBron. Either one of them can be the GOAT there. No one else. Those are the two greatest players in NBA history. And there you have it. So right now I'm going to rank my top five GOAT scores. Just the scores, not players, just scoring from what I've outlined. Number five, I'm giving Kevin Durant, uh, considering the point-per-game uh, basis, the, the game sevens, the big shots that he's made. Uh, I've got to give it to KD, uh, who at seven feet shoots the basketball so well over everyone. Number four. Wilt Chamberlain, 100-point game, 50 points per game in a season owned by that single man. That's great. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had the most points of all time, is now second. 
had the most unstoppable shot in NBA history with the skyhook. Number two, Michael Jordan uh, was an elite athlete at, you know, switching hands, layups, laying the ball up, attacking the basket, scoring points when they needed to be scored. That was Michael Jordan. And number one, LeBron James, the all-time leading scorer, the player who I think has the uh, most to his game, the best game. Uh, I've got to give it to LeBron James in that aspect. He's number one. That's my list. Now moving off of scoring and that debate. It has been reported that Russell Westbrook got into a heated exchange with Darvin Ham during halftime uh, for staying on the court after he wanted him subbed out. And then it also looked like last night AD throughout the game was not engaged when LeBron broke the record. He was the only one not cheering in the whole arena. And, you know, LeBron, near the end of the game, told AD that he loves him. Uh, but, you know, Russell Westbrook, AD, your behavior, you know, just terrible. AD, uh, you know, being annoyed at this whole celebration after the game. Russell Westbrook trying to undermine LeBron's night. Careless turnovers, played terribly. Uh, doesn't listen to Darvin Ham. That just shows that, and I'm going to steal this line from Bruce Banner of the Avengers, that this team is, it's not a team. It's a time bomb. That's what they are. They don't play like a team. Each one is out doing their own thing. I think LeBron's trying to do the most to uh, be the team guy and get the team going. I think Pat Bev does a decent job as well. But when you got big-name stars like Russell Westbrook and AD trying to undermine the hard work and visibly looking annoyed and frustrated, uh, it's just not a bad look. So they, I think Russell Westbrook needs to go. They can't make it to the playoffs with Russell Westbrook. It showed last year. I think Darvin Ham's trying to get the most out of this team, uh, trying to do it in the most gentle way possible, in the best way possible. But things just don't look well for the Lakers with him on the court. AD, I don't know what's up with him. Uh, this is my hypothetical uh, deal that I would make. I would trade Russell Westbrook to any team for a cheaper expiring contract just to get Russ out of a building uh, just because I don't want him there. Uh, yes, I call up Danny Ainge and the Jazz and try to find one-year deals with any team that could match salaries with one-year players just to get him off the team. Don't want him. And then I would trade, uh, or if you know somehow I got uh, Russell Westbrook somewhere, I would actually do a three-team package deal to get Russell Westbrook there. Send AD and those players to the Nets. For Kevin Durant and try to get KD on the Lakers and I trade the two picks there. So then I'd have KD, LeBron, and Max Cap space for next year already cleared up to sign one more player or players in free agency. I think that's the route to go. So I'm gonna leave it at that. And I guess this is a good time to segue into the Kevin Durant trade because this is what's really interesting because you know, the thing about leaks is 
when something gets leaked, everybody knows. Uh, can't undo it. So the Nets traded Kyrie. And the Nets tried to use something like Spencer Dinwiddie and some of the draft picks to go out and get other players to, you know, rebuild around KD real quick in a week to try to make them happy, get them to stay. But not every team's an idiot. So a lot of teams are thinking, do we try to, you know, trade some pieces to help the Nets out and make KD stay? Or do we not make any trades with the Nets and KD gets upset, gets restless, and this summer he was requesting a trade, and hey, that, that, then that's a time to strike the deal and say, ah, now we get KD. So I don't think the Nets are that smart. Uh, I think it's smart for KD not to request a trade because, hey, uh, look what Kate, what look what Joe Side just did to Kyrie Irving. He wanted to go to the Lakers and they had a deal in place, but Joe Side said, I'm not sending you where you want to go. So KD's probably staying quiet because Joe Sy would not send him somewhere he wants to go, especially with the three years left on his deal. So uh, he might play nice, but I don't see any team helping the Nets out uh, unless the trade somehow favors the other team. So that's very interesting uh, there. Who knows if he'll get traded or not now. Looks like maybe the door is crept open. But I don't think any team's going to just help out the Nets by saying, hey, here's some players to help you around Kevin Durant. Don't see that happening. Now let's move on to Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving had a great press conference yesterday, his first one with the Mavericks. Seth said a couple things that he felt very disrespected at times with the Nets. Uh, he says he didn't feel like he, he wasn't celebrated. He was just tolerated. And Kyrie is an interesting man, probably one of the most interesting NBA stars in the league. This is a man who wants to live his life, his off-life, you know, off the floor, uh, off the NBA life, do whatever he wants and have no, you know, repercussions that with his work. Uh, he would be the perfect person for the Severance Project. Uh, not familiar with Severance on Apple TV. It is where they separate the memories and basically the personalities of the your personal life and your work life. And I think Kyrie would fit right in uh, with that program. I know he wouldn't like that because that'd be a version of mind control. He doesn't want that, but it would be actually perfect for him because. In his personal life, he can do whatever he wants, and it wouldn't affect his job uh, at all in that program. Whereas in the real life, when you have to deal with your problems and the things you say, that has you know can cross over into your work life. Depending on what you do, if I were to go on to my Twitter, my Instagram, and post a bunch of anti-Semitic things where one of my coworkers is Jewish probably get fired. I wouldn't get suspended or go on some action plan because, you know, am I valuable to my company? Sure. Am I as valuable as Kyrie is to certain NBA organizations? Probably not. So this is a man who wants to live his life with no repercussions, but that's just not how life works, Kyrie. 
Again, fantastic basketball player. Love watching him play. Some of the things he does and says off the floor really, really are questioning. Uh, but again, love watching the well, love watching the guy play. Now moving on to NFL. Time to talk about Aaron Rodgers. So yesterday he was on the Pat McAfee show. Again, I love watching that on Tuesdays, the weekly Aaron Rodgers content. And he says that he's going to get closer to making his decision, you know, whether I'm playing or not next year, after doing isolation, a four-day darkness retreat where he's just in a small home in the dark. And he says he's had a lot of friends who's had really great experiences from this. And I've just gotten thinking, is the ayahuasca not enough? Or was that the ayahuasca talking? Uh, and then I read the story on CBS News today. And Aaron Rodgers is actually going to be speaking at a psychedelic convention. So Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if he doesn't have, uh, if he you know goes through his darkness retreat and he decides to retire, there are definitely a lot of avenues for Aaron Rodgers to go uh, after this. He could definitely start his podcast. He could definitely start a, pod, start a podcast. He'd get a lot of listens. Uh, he could definitely be a South American uh, medicine man, voodoo dude. Uh, you know, he'd fit right and well. Uh, or he could just be a, uh, a druggie, you know, all those things. I mean, Aaron Rodgers... Uh, it has a career ahead of him, I think, with psychedelics. Uh, but who knows if they'll give him ayahuasca in this darkness retreat or if he's just fully alone in there, his mind and thoughts, and how much closer he gets to making this decision. And I just, you know, when I make big life decisions, uh, you know, I really want to get people's input, my family, my friends' input, you know, want it, you know, kind of weigh the pros and cons of everything before I make the decision. Uh, you know, I think it'd be smart for Aaron Rodgers to talk with the Packers. Uh, there's there's maybe a place he'd be willing to go for a trade, talk to some players there. I mean, kind of weigh the pros and cons of everything. Not, I'm going to go on a darkness retreat for four days alone. Because I'm going to be in the best state of mind to really make the decision. I think in the past years, Aaron Rodgers has uh, not made some of the best decisions of his career, even though he won two MVPs. Uh, again, I don't think Aaron Rodgers' method works. Uh, but if he wants to promote it, he can see how many sales he gets. I mean, Tom Brady's got a proven TB12 method. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers ayahuasca you know, no light verbo. Don't know about that one. Don't know about the all dark Airbnb with the ayahuasca incense just in the middle of the table. Might not, might not want to get a revenue of that. So, but Aaron Rodgers, he's got to do what Aaron Rodgers got to do. Next, Sean Payton. It was, you know, said Terry Bradshaw said this yesterday that. The reason why Sean Payton didn't go to the Cardinals was because of Kyler Murray. said he liked the job but did not like Kyler Murray. And a lot of things came out on Kyler Murray and 
holding up the coaching stack, how the owner and GM kind of wanted some input from him, and he's holding the team up. So am I buying this story? I'm going to say 100%. I'm buying holding this story. I believe Sean, or I believe Terry Bradshaw, who worked with Sean Payton uh, in the past year in Fox, who were, were very close together the past year, I believe Sean Payton told him some things, and I believe Terry Bradshaw on this. I believe a big cause of concern for coaches not wanting to go there is because of Kyler Murray. Uh, two things with him. One, that horrendous, horrendous contract in which the Cardinals caved into him, and the personality defects, which there are an awful lot of those. And what coaches can do, they can really fix your the game, uh, your individual game, the team. But coaches can't really fix a player's personality. You can't fix an Antonio Brown. You can't fix a Kyler Murray. He has deep personality flaws. Uh, he is not a team guy. He is a player, person first, call of duty first type of guy. He's not a guy you want to build a team around. Uh, there are other guys in the NFL not as talented as Kyler Murray, but I would choose to start my team around the other guys because they're, they're team guys, they're leaders, which Kyler is not. Kyler is more talented than Tua, but I would take Tua seven days out of seven days uh, because of his leadership uh, and, you know, just the, you know, ability to say the right things in press conferences and not be that controversial figure like Kyler Murray is. You know, is Kyle is uh Garrett Carr is talented? Is Russell Wilson or is or not my bad. Is Derek Carr as talented as Kyler Murray? Is Russell Wilson as talented as Kyler Murray? I don't think both of those guys are, but I think both of those guys are coachable. Yes, they might be emotional and have their little quirks, but they don't come off as arrogant, not humble, like Kyler Murray is. Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray. I would say Kyler is more talented than Dak. Kyler is more talented than Jalen Hurts. I would take both those guys. I would take Daniel Jones over Kyler, even though Kyler, again, is more talented. This one might surprise a lot of people. This might be shocking, breaking news. I would take Kirk Cousins over Kyler Murray because Kyler doesn't have leadership. I would take Jared Goff over Kyler Murray. Again, I would take Sam Darnold over Kyler Murray. I'd take Geno Smith over Kyler Murray. Geno Smith. Imagine that. Geno Smith over Kyler Murray, not because of the talent, but because of the ability to fit on a team and lead. Something that Kyler is incapable of doing. When you're incapable of something, you just can't do it. Kyler Murray can't lead. He can't be a good teammate. He just can't. That's why people go, J.J. Watt, retire out of blue. A.J. Green, retire out of blue. Not endure another year of this mess. With Kyler Murray, the Cardinals folded and they screwed themselves. They banished themselves to their to Valhalla, to their own death 
spot that they've picked out, Kyler Murray. You played the Cardinals perfectly, and you gave in Arizona. So congratulations for becoming the future Detroit Lions and the future Cleveland Browns because you ain't going anywhere this coming year with Kyler Murray out for an ACL. And then when he comes back, you sure as hell ain't going anywhere else. Next. Saints met with Derek Carr. Uh, in from what I've read, that, you know, the, he was allowed to actually meet with them, Derek Carr with the Saints, because they had compensation and a deal in place, you know, if this were to happen. So is this a sign of a trade? Uh, to me, it's likely that the Saints are really the only suitor now for Derek Carr since they're the only one who took this step. I do think the Jets are high on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's other teams, you know, maybe waiting in the lurking for Lamar Jackson, for maybe just waiting on a very great QB class. Where the Saints not with Derek Carr, I don't think Derek Carr has a large market. Derek Carr has been willing to not move his trade class. Just release him. And then if the Saints want to sign him, they can sign him without giving up any draft capital. So is it a sign of a trade? Uh, the trade has to be agreed to by next Wednesday, next week, uh, or else you know he will be released because of the cap that gets kicked in, uh, his new cap hit. So very interesting there. And then the last topic I want to talk about was Joe Montana. There's a great uh, – ESPN story on Montana and, you know, the greatness of Montana. But he is upset about Tom Brady usurping him as the GOAT. I've got to say this. Get over it. Please. I mean, you can't hold on to this forever. And reading that story, that shows me how secure that man and that family really is. So you want to read it on ESPN about the, I think it's like the undisputed greatness of Joe Montana or something like that. So Joe Montana was considered the GOAT until Tom Brady came along. Uh, and in that uh, article, you know, Tom Brady won three, ring, three rings very quickly, won the MVPs, and everybody uh, was like, oh, Joe Montana still the GOAT. Uh, some people said Tom Brady, uh, Michael Jordan, you know, met with Tom Brady and he couldn't, or Michael Jordan met with Joe Montana. He couldn't believe Tom Brady was called the GOAT, even though Montana had four rings. And then, you know, he went 10 years without winning a Super Bowl and it looked like, hey, Joe Montana could be the GOAT. And then the Marshawn Lynch play happened to where they didn't get the ball to one yard line and Joe Montana, you know, wishes that Marshawn Lynch got the ball to stop Tom Brady. And then you had the 50th year anniversary of the NFL uh, with um, the Falcons Super Bowl and the 28-3 comeback. Joe Montana was there. Uh, that put Tom Brady at five. Eclipsed him, and he couldn't believe that meltdown right in front of his very eyes. And then you have his, I guess, his kids trying to say he's a goat and he played in different eras of this or something. I went off on Trent Dilfer yesterday that – Tom Brady played in two different eras. He started in the first era where you can hit quarterbacks and you can hit receivers. And Tom Brady won Super Bowls in that tough era. But when Joe Montana had those rules in place for but when Trent Dilfer and the Ravens said, Tom Brady 
won rings in that era of football. He did that. You can't take that away. And then guess what? The NFL changes rules. They change policy. So players have to adapt. And Tom Brady adapted better than anyone else. And he just, his career took off. It became the goat of goats. The goatiest of the goats. The goater. That's what he is. That's who he is. So then he wins another one to the Rams. Beats the Rams. And then he goes to Tampa Bay. And it's reported Joe Montana just calls him that guy down there in Tampa Bay. Doesn't even acknowledge Tom Brady by name. It's reported that they do have a relationship. I don't know how great that relationship is. But, you know, Tom Brady being a lifelong idol of Joe Montana, you know, but is now the GOAT. Now there's rumors in that article that, you know, Joe Montana wants Patrick Mahomes to get eight. And that's the only way Patrick Mahomes can pass Tom Brady is if he were to get eight. And I don't see that happening. But Joe Montana has to get over it. Some things you just, you got to move on. You've got to move on from it. Tom Brady is the GOAT. For any people that can't accept that, you're just hating on greatness. There's no case for Joe Montana over Tom Brady. There's no case for Peyton Manning over Tom Brady. There's no case for Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. There's even no case for Patrick Mahomes. I'm hearing people say, arguably, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. No, there is no arguably. It's undisputedly Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Aaron, to Patrick Mahomes right now, if he wins a Super Bowl, he'll move up. But right now, in this very moment, I don't want to hear Patrick Mahomes are better than Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Terry Bradshaw. Don't want to hear that. Don't want to hear it. He's, he's getting there. He wins this. He'll move up some spots. But, you know, people want the debate competition. That's why you have, you know, so many people on the LeBron side, so many people on the Jordan side, and they hate the other side. It's like that in politics, and people can't stand it. I guess we all have to agree that Tom Brady's the GOAT. We have to create certain narratives that, hey, Joe Montana's the GOAT because he played in this era, or look at what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now. He's, it's like you people just don't want to, you know, you can face all these facts there on Tom Brady that he has accomplished. Everything a quarterback can do and holds every record for that's great for a quarterback and has the Super Bowls and the Super Bowl MVPs. And people just want to hate. They can't agree on anything. And it's mind-boggling to me. Something so, you know, it's not even super relevant to really any ordinary individual's lives. Tom Brady's career case. And they can't. Get over it. But I'm here to tell you, you're going to have to get over it. You're going to have to live with those insecurities because Tom Brady is the GOAT, and he's going to be the GOAT until somebody else comes around, breaks all those records with eight rings. That's what's going to have to happen for anybody to knock Tom Brady off the perch. That's what I'm telling you right now. I'll leave it at that. Don't want to get any more worked up. I was really unbothered about a lot of things until I read that Joe Montana story. Uh, and because of that, he might or might not go down in my next all-time quarterback rankings. Uh, he was hovering around the, the two spot, but he might, might uh, bite down.
Mike's back down there. So now I won't be back tomorrow, but Friday, yes, I will be back to discuss all things Super Bowl. But lastly, again, congratulations to LeBron James. I just can't say that enough. Watching that was great. Uh, Let go. Talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody.